In a world of questions, two nerds with microphones make up the answers and discuss the intersection of faith in everyday life. This is Kelly. This is Adam. And today's episode... Mordor Fun Park. Part one. <laughs> Adam, Adam came up with this title. <laughs> it's all could, my fault. <laughs> you said Mordor Fun Park and all I could think about was like... The, the little goblins, like, in Lord of the Rings. The are like, oh, man. <laughs> We're going to ride the roller coaster now. <laughs> man. Too much fun. Meat's back on the menu, boys. Yay! <laughs> Smile for the camera. Bro. I wonder, I wonder what kind of, like, real quick before we get into our <laughs> serious topic. At a Mordor Fun Park, what games would they have? Well, they would have, you know, the beheading game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the tree chopping game. <laughs> the tree chopping game. Oh, man. Grow your own orcs out of mud. <laughs> the, the find the small halflings. Find the halflings. <laughs> uh, the who do you serve game. <laughs> who do you serve? Bro, that'd be great, man. New idea, new idea. Private business venture. If we ever need to increase our budget. The loser of any game gets fed to Shelob. <laughs> bro, bro, we need to increase our budget. I'm going to come up with a Mordor Fun Park. <laughs> we need that t-shirt. We got to just uh, change one of those letters, though. What's the thing I keep saying in the office that's totally unrelated to this? Man, I don't know. I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> we brought presents for Jesus. What did you bring? Frankincense. What did you bring? Murder. Judas. <laughs> <laughs> Mordor murder. Mordor actually is old English for murder, by the way. <laughs> Mordor. Mordor. You could just say Mordor. Is that an E? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today's topic, Mordor Fun Park. Is Mordor Fun Park? <laughs> part one. Part one. Do we decide how many parts we're going to do? At least two. At least I think, two. I, I think three. We might do three. If you hate it, then we'll do four. <laughs> no, we're going to ignore you. We'll do, we'll do five. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate it, email us at do not email us at gmail.com. No, so, so we were talking about this, and, and I love how we're going to approach this, right? Because we're, we're... So this episode, right, we, airs on Wednesday. Yeah. They air every Wednesday, and so next Wednesday is the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and kind of our overarching kind of topic of conversation, right, is stress. Stress. Um, and uh, stress can be defined in many different ways. We t can talk about good stress and bad stress, but um, we both thought it was really fun to talk about it in the contrast of, like, Frodo in the ring. <laughs> uh do not take that as evidence that we have psychological <laughs> issues, listeners. Oh, no. You should have already figured that out by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honestly, if you haven't, that's kind of on you. I mean, really, dude, your title this week, Mortar Fun Park Part 1. <laughs> um, but it is. Uh, uh, so stress is like a thing that people are everywhere dealing with right now. And holiday season is always. Um, and again, like I said, sometimes I think when people hear the word stress, they think of immediately something negative, right? As opposed to stress being like a stress or, um, and, and the holidays just have this way 
of it's good and bad sometimes. Like, uh, you know, going, hanging out with people you didn't see all year. So you can go share a meal because you're under obligation to be thankful. Right. <laughs> Nothing says thankfulness like forced time with family. I'm so thankful I have no autonomy right now. It's great. Feeling fine. I love it. I love it. All right. You, you bring us into the conversation, Adam. What do we got? Uh, all right. So as we talked about the, the kind of this, this idea of, of dealing with stress and dealing with, with difficult situations, uh, we talked about, about the journey that Frodo has in the story of The Lord of the Rings, which is uh, three books that got turned into three amazing movies. The only good ones that come from Peter Jackson. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Jackson. <laughs> no, Dead Alive was a good movie of his. It was a zombie flick he made in New Zealand that got him fame back in the early oh, 90s. Okay, so it was a zombie flick. So Dead Alive sounds like a zombie movie. Yeah. Okay, I put, I put two and two together. See? Yeah. Proud he, got, of me. he got five. Chicken. Orange. <laughs> so so we, we, we talked about, as we, as we were planning this, this episode, we were talking about, you know, how the stress of this journey changes Frodo and how mm -hmm. it impacts him. And so when he starts off and, and Frodo is, is, is a unique character in the story because there are so many characters that kind of don't count the cost, right? Like, <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen the, the, the extended editions of the, of the, of the movies. And if you haven't seen that, then you haven't really watched the movies you know, like you're probably not really a fan or a person as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but so if, if you haven't seen the extended edition of those movies, uh, I, there isn't a different edition. There, there's of not really, that's, it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> but early on in the Fellowship of the Ring, mm -hmm. basically they, they had to, to, to give those of you, that, the, the two of you who have never heard of Lord of the Rings, um, and I mean two of you uh, in the world, not two of you who are our, our, our uh, listeners. There's this ring that is like the the embodiment, the essence of temptation to evil in this world, and it, and it can only be destroyed by taking it to this volcano, Mount Doom, and throwing it back into the volcano. Where it was made. Where it was made. Yep. And so Frodo is a character who immediately kind of grasps that... This is bigger than anything that he could imagine facing or that he can, that he can stand up to. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's thrust upon him anyway. Yeah, so, so her backstory, right? So The Hobbit, don't watch those movies, read the book. Yeah, read the book. Don't read the, book. the movies. I mean, the movies. Let, let no, me, no, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, so, so The Ring was made. Uh, it has an opportunity to be destroyed. Uh, Isildur doesn't destroy it and keeps it, and then it betrays him, and it betrays, and it betrays, and then finally it falls into the age of antiquity, and it disappears, and then Bilbo finds it randomly when he's parading around with the elves yeah, and Hobbit. Frodo's Uncle Bilbo. Frodo's Uncle Bilbo. And so part of what we mean by it's thrust upon Frodo is um, Bilbo has this ring. It is Bilbo has found it, or it has found him, depends on, on what line you take. Yeah. Uh, it ends up in the Shire, and and uh, Bilbo has since gone to live with the elves, 
Correct. He's left back end. Yeah, yeah. He he has he has forsaken his claim on the ring because it was changing him. Uh huh. Uh, which is something we don't get in the movies or in the Hobbit. Not really. Um, uh, we get in the books, not not in in the movies. Uh, so Frodo has inherited back end because Frodo is Bilbo's favorite. Yes. Bilbo loves Frodo, right? So in the movie, this is what happens in the movie. Uh, Bilbo has his 11, 111th birthday. 111st birthday. And I love how he's like, I don't like half of you as much as you deserve. <laughs> and then he disappears. I know half as much of you as, yeah. as, as half as well as I should like, and I like half of you half as well as you deserve. <laughs> and then poof, he's gone. He makes this huge show, and uh, Gandalf's there, and all this other stuff happens. So, so what I'm getting at is, for all this context, Frodo did not choose this circumstance. Frodo has inherited a responsibility that he also has a choice in at the beginning. Um, and I would argue that over time, the weight of that and the understanding of what needs to happen with it is made clearer to him, which we will get to later today on the defining moment of Frodo's journey, which is when they're, the fellowship gathers and they're talking about what they're going to do with the ring. Cause Frodo is only to carry it to Elrond in Rivendell, which in is Rivendell. like, it's not the capital of the elves, but it's like one of their most important cities. Yes. And so, so Frodo in this moment is inherited this thing where he and Gandalf are talking about the ring, he finds it, and then Gandalf has to go and do more research on, okay, what is it? Blah, 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 blah. Gandalf comes back, and then Frodo's thrust into this thing of, he's got to go. Yeah. Uh, Bilbo made a choice to leave. Bad things are coming for Frodo and everybody he cares about unless he leaves. And they're still going to chase him. And so he has to make this conscious decision. So, again, I, I think from a spiritual context, this is something to understand. Of I, I think at times people want to function in this place of, if I do good things, bad things won't happen to me or to people I care about. Uh, and if we perform really well, then everything will be fine as opposed to maybe the world that we've inherited is not really functioning well. It's not, it's not running optimally. <laughs> I, I joke in the office, I call it, uh, well, that was suboptimal. Uh, but it's, Frodo has inherited a world that is broken, and he has a part to play in fixing it, but he didn't choose to break it. Right. It was broken beforehand. Uh, and so this doesn't also excuse people's own agency in breaking it further, um, but just for context purposes, this is the tale of Frodo, where Frodo Baggins really starts to start, uh, where he is, he is thrust into this understanding, this realization of like, oh no, the world I know is not the world we live in. Right. What do I do? Because, so Frodo is a hobbit who has lived his whole life in the Shire, <laughs> which is like Eden. It's an idyllic place. It's you know, the, the things that they care about and struggle over most are getting second breakfast. <laughs> oh, man. And pipeweed and growing things in your garden. And, like, that is, that's their life. It's simple and it's good and it's sweet and it's innocent. And Frodo leaving the Shire is leaving innocence behind. Mm. Frodo's a very innocent character, too, from his face... Right? That's why I love Elijah Wood. Even now, he still looks like he did. 70-year-old like Elijah Wood still looks like a 14-year-old <laughs> boy. Child. No, exactly, though. It's this idyllic. It's, it's, it's paradise. Yeah. 
and he's entering into a world that is a juxtaposition against mm-hmm. everything. Like, Mordor is everything that the Shire is not. Um, you know, to, to use a Sesame Street line, one of these things is not like the other one. One of these things should die alone. I'm pretty sure that's what says. <laughs> that's Ses- not Sesame I'm, Street. I, I have, I'm at least 5%. I've never seen Sesame Green Street. Green is not a creative color, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so Mordor is where all the bad things are. It's, it's a bad, dark, scary, dismal place. And something I also love about how the story progresses, not just in the books, but even in the movies, there's this representation and there's this moment with Sam and Frodo as they're there where Sam calls attention to the fact of the place they're in. Mm-hmm. It's this oppressive, evil place that even just being there is directly affecting them. Right. Right. It's, it's this ominous, evil thing. Yeah. The very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's pretty good Boromir, by the way. <laughs> no. Is that before or after he takes... <laughs> That's before. It's well before. He was really good at adventuring until he took an arrow. I mean, three arrows to the chest. To the chest. <laughs> well, he was played by Sean Bean. We should have seen that coming. And to be fair, though, that was pretty nice grouping, even though the work <laughs> was only eight feet away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I want to hear, so we talked about um, the world we live in and, and kind of like we have a part in it. We might have had a part in breaking it a little, but the world that has been inherited is inherently broken. Right. Right. I really want you to walk through this story. So we had another laughing moment today as we were talking about the notes of this. And Adam, I, you gotta, they're not gonna believe you. Oh, okay. No one's gonna believe No you. one's gonna believe, so y'all are not gonna believe this. So Kelly asked, because immediately when we started talking about doing one on Lord of the Rings, I'm like, it needs to be called Mordor Fun Park. And he's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, why? <laughs> and he, we, we had a big laugh and I'm like, okay, so... There's a story from when my wife and I were dating, and we were living in Kentucky at the time. Kind of true. Um, <laughs> and so we, we had this great date planned, and we went to uh, a, a, a state park called Mammoth Caves, which are truly massive caves that are in Kentucky that are really gorgeous. It's really fun. Highly recommend. But as we are driving to Mammoth Caves... Um, we, we pass by this, um, like down home amusement park. It's got a, uh, it's got a, um, a, a miniature golf course. It has a go-kart track. Uh, and, and, and so it's got, you know, kind of this, this, this little ambiance off to the side and we look and we see the sign that is the name of this amusement park. And the, the amusement park is named Golgotha Fun Park. <laughs> Dude, even if we didn't know where that came from, even that name just sounds so <laughs> ominous, man. <laughs> I don't know where in the world anyone would ever associate the word Golgotha <laughs> and fun. Where do you guys want to go? Golgotha! Yay! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Now, for the, for listeners, for those of you who do not know, the word Golgotha means the place of a skull. And in Scripture, that's the place where Jesus was crucified. 
So like when it's you a think, happy fun place. <laughs> when you think of Golgotha, that's a place where people went to die. Horrible screaming deaths. People didn't go to die. They were taken to die. <laughs> that's where they were against their will. Congratulations, you have a choice, not really. <laughs> Your choice is to die horribly or die horribly. It's right? Like it's so funny because that name represents such trem- it's so so bad. Yeah. It, like, it's so bad. Look at the happy fun time we're going to in Golgotha. Maybe that was a deterrent for kids, our parents to talk to their kids if they misbehaved. I mean. I'm going to leave you at Golgotha Fun Park. <laughs> right? It just, so so as we were driving, my, my, my wife and I, had, we pulled off the, to the side of the road. We got out and we got pictures because we're like, no one is going to believe us that this place exists. Because sometimes things just don't fit together, and Golgotha and Fun Park do not fit together. Those are—I mean—they just woo. That, that. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other one. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think that's hilarious. Right, and so that was that was the inspiration for me when when we were talking about. Man, we're coming up on holidays and it's stressful and you know, our jobs are about to get even more stressful and there's it's it's been a rough time. Friends, it's been a rough ride for the past year or two. Mm-hmm. It has it has taken it out of us. And so of course, Golgotha Fun Park comes to <laughs> mind cuz you know, Listen to the sound of children screaming. Oh my gosh. Like it's just. It's, With fun. Uh, it's this is something I want to bring attention to. So uh, let, let's bring this into the point, right? Yeah. Sometimes things don't fit together. Sometimes holidays and happiness don't fit together. And yet, if you were going to take me to Golgotha Fun Park and look me in the eyes and tell me to have fun at Golgotha Fun Park, I would have a hard time being at Golgotha Fun Park. I'm going to keep saying that name. I would have a hard time with the phrase, uh, you should be grateful because at least you get to come to Golgotha Fun Park, right? Like the comparison or the internal dialogue of, it's the holiday season, like it's Thanksgiving. Things are better than they were. I'm doing better than other people I know, all this other stuff. And, and for whatever reason, um, the holiday season has this really, can have a very sinister tie to it that is full of shame uh-huh. and guilt and being pressured into doing things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just like internal it's also other people do it to you where it's like well we're family so this is what we do and i'm like no i don't want to um but there's this weird understanding that things are supposed to be the way that we think they're supposed to be and then we're surprised when they're not right uh and by no means am i saying that your holidays have to be full of dread worry and woe i'm i'm just saying that but that's that's what my my holidays were growing up, <laughs> and seasonal depression is a thing. Yeah, you know where you, you called attention to it before, but you know uh, we're talking about the holiday season, uh, year and a half, two years, right? 
yeah, almost, almost into into COVID. And what, we're past 750,000 Americans now? Yeah. Right? I mean, I personally lost a really close friend of mine to COVID this year, mm-hmm. right? So the holidays are, whether I wanted them to, to or not, are going to hit me in a way that's like, I'm grieving a bit. I'm a little bit sad. It's not, it's not all the fun things. And then, like, this is not a jab, but in, in the line of work that Adam and I are in, the holidays also represent a lot of work. They don't represent a lot of rest and fun. Yeah. And it's fun. We love what we do, and we absolutely love the season um, and, and what we get to participate in and what we get to help other people kind of navigate. But it's not, it's not like we're going and just we, we go from our, our nine to five and then go home, and then like that weekend, it's Christmas, and it's just all family time. We're, we're busy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of our busier. Yeah. It's the, it's the first Super Bowl, not the second Super Bowl. It's right. first breakfast, not, <laughs> not, not second, second breakfast. breakfast. So... But this sneaks up on people. Um, and then there's the, the culture of assumptions where, well, like it should be like for you, like it is for me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you got food on your table, so you should be grateful. And I'm, I'm like, yes, be grateful, but don't, don't shame yourself into not being your real self. Right, so... We sometimes think that we have to kind of psych ourselves up to be happy or to, you know, oh, well, I'll, to just deal, right? Uh-huh. And, and so I think Kelly had a, a, as we were talking about the topic today of dealing with the, you know, everything is stressful. Everything, this is all hard. <laughs> um, everything is bad. It's the bad place. <laughs> I thought this was the good place, Adam. <laughs> Love that, love that it's TV such show. It's a good show. It's a good show. <laughs> Wait, why do you have a, a fountain full of what? What is it? Shrimp? Yeah. Is it a shrimp fountain? It's a shrimp <laughs> this fountain. This is not the good place. This is not the good place. <laughs> so yes, I have, I have this scripture. Yeah. Now for a little bit of context, the first time I ever preached uh, was on these verses. Really? Uh, yeah, you didn't know this. No. Uh, yeah. So when I was at a Baptist school in San Antonio. I had to um, had to preach this, and okay. and uh, and so uh, I'm gonna read it, and then listen. I want you to take a second and think about how you feel as I'm saying this to you. So this is First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen. Verse sixteen: Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, it was really fun for me when I was getting ready to preach on these. Uh, and I started asking people, friends of mine, like, hey, what do you think of this when you hear this? And what do you think a lot of them said to me, Adam? I think a lot of them probably said that, you know, oh, well, no matter what's going on, you can be, you can be, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you can be happy. You can be happy. God's going God's gonna to make it all work out okay. Pray all the time. Just pray through it, and it'll, it'll, if you pray enough, if you have enough faith, it'll, it'll all be all right. I should, I should be thankful for everything that's happening to me. That's right. Even if it's a bad thing, God's going to make it a good thing. And this is the will of God, so you either do it, and if you don't, then there's problems. Right? Have you ever seen the movie Kingdom of Heaven? God wills it. God wills it. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, he absolutely didn't. You psychopath. That's that's not how that works. <laughs> you keep using that word. I don't I, think it means. I don't think that word means what you think it means. So, so same consensus is there's this. If if you're not careful, 
And so this is something that Adam and I deal with all the time in our profession is uh, we live in a world also that assumes it understands things about scripture. And, mm-hmm. and I do it too. Right. I'm not going to speak for Adam, but I do it sometimes. I'm perfect, I'm, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. What are you good at, Adam? Humility. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we read something and then we assume we understand because it's words on a page and the culture that we live in is if it's written out, then it's literally, it's meant to be literally understood. And so I want to walk through this for a sec. So rejoice always. Okay. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, Adam, Adam knows a little bit of the context here. Adam, th- these people are called the Thessalonians. Where did they, where were they when this was written to them? They were, well, Thessaloniki is a Greek city. Hmm. What was happening to people who believed in Jesus in that Greek city during this time period? They got trips to Golgotha Fun Park. (laughs) They were dying. They were dying horribly. Men, women, and children. Painfully. Painfully. Terribly. Badly. In the worst ways you can think of. Right? And, and, to add a little bit of historical context there, at this point in time, when the and the the authority power of that era was the Roman Empire, and there, what they were they were hunting people down and like they would come and they were like, okay, so if you can prove to us you're not Christians, you have to give up your give us the name of a Christian. Yeah, that that you know that you know, and if they're not. Then we're taking all of you. We're taking all of you. Yeah. So, so it's you, Vilmer, you. You had to be the proverbial Judas. You literally had to betray a neighbor to, to protect your own skin. Right. And you can just imagine what this is bringing out of people. Yeah. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, I've got a kid and a wife that I love. I would totally sell Adam out. But like, yeah, I'd even plant evidence in his house. <laughs> Mind me never to give Kelly the key to my house. It would say, have fun in Golgotha Fun Park. Uh, uh, We went to Golgotha. None of us came back. All Uh, we got was this bloody (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. But it would, oh, man. Uh, Been there, done that, died in the (laughs) T-shirt. Died Uh, in the T-shirt. But it would, so so with that context in mind, right, I want to, so so the assumption, I think, is that uh, we, we, I say we collectively, but the majority of biblical scholarship or people who've studied this and studied where it came from and its language and it's, it's all these other things about this scripture. Uh, we believe that Paul wrote it or it was one of his scribes that transcribed form or one of the two. Right? Yeah. So Paul, it's essentially Paul's words. Uh, and this is also a church that Paul planted. Yes. Right. And so this is the way I think we actually want to read it. Uh, rejoice in Christ always. Communicate with your God always. Give thanks that in this current circumstance, it is not a reflection of God's love for you and that in it, you can stay connected to God and that when this is over, God is with you. God is for you and God's coming to get you. Um, these people are dealing with horrific circumstance and Paul is not rubbing salt on the wound going, how dare you doubt Paul is saying that amidst this terrible atrocity that is happening to you and to your person and to people you love and care about, this is not a reflection of God abandoning you. Right. So what you rejoice, so it's you replace it with rejoice always. Well, rejoice in what? 
Um, and I think this is one of the hardest things in our culture. And even with a lot of Christians I talk to about their understanding of Jesus and how this works is they attribute their life circumstance to how much God cares about them. Yeah. Um, well, we are, we call this prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that if things are going well in your life, it is proof that God is pleased with you. And then inadvertently, when bad things happen to you, it's God's punishing you because God's mad at you. Yeah. And I, and I, my opinion is that, no, <laughs> that's not this at all. Well, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit bolder than Kelly on that. <laughs> Christian thinking throughout the entirety of Christendom says, uh-uh, to that kind of thinking. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if, the, if the example of the disciples and the early church means anything to us, mm-hmm. it's that following Jesus more likely you're going to die on the fun part. Yeah. And so um, I love these verses because they're, they're, they're verses that have gotten me through so much in my life, and they keep me grounded. Um, and they're not shameful. No. Holiday season for a lot of people with the stress we deal with is, is shameful. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you happy? Well, it's the birth of Christ. Why aren't you happy? It's... It's Christmas season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Why aren't you happy? And um, even if I hadn't have been through the things that I've been through in the last two years with COVID and everything else, I still have permission to wake up one day and just not be happy. That's allowed. No. (laughs) I think, again... as we're, as we're pressing towards Thanksgiving uh, and the war on Christmas, I'm not talking about the political trope. I'm talking about that like people are playing Mariah Carey music as soon as <laughs> Christmas is hostile, commandeering of November. <laughs> the war on Christmas shall not end until Christmas's illegal occupation of November is over. Oh, wait, Halloween's over. Put up the Christmas tree. <laughs> Y'all, I'm that person, by the way. I, lo- I love Christmas stuff. I also don't work in retail, so Mariah Carey isn't, like, shrilling into my ears all day. Oh, oh man. But- <laughs> Bang, Adam's dead. Uh- <laughs> man, I got to get a gunshot. Like, like, right? A rim shot, at least. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um. But, but so I want to set the precedent as we continue this conversation that um, just like with Frodo, you, you didn't like ask December to get here. You didn't ask for these holidays to be a thing. You didn't ask to have the family dynamics you have. You didn't ask for the year to go the way that it's gone. Or the last two years. Yeah. And, and I can even say, even if there's things that you have personally done that have negative, have negative consequences to your person, um, this shame-filled attitude, the shame-filled perspective, or this, these voices that tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing, right? Or we should, right? Should, you should, you should, um, are not helpful. Mm-mm. They're not helpful. And I think that one of the, power, that one of the most powerful things that Paul is trying to give these, this group of people is agency. Mm. They're being given agency in, in the in a circumstance where they really literally have zero agency. They're going to die. 
Yeah. There's no there's, there's no choice here. Like there, there's no fun park at the end. Yeah, you're you're road. going it's going badly. And and it's going to go badly. Um but they have choices they can make. And I'm not saying that they should have huddled around and been like, let's be happy and right until the end and da 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 da. I think the more the agency here is is the reality of being real. Paul was encouraging them to go, you can rejoice because of this. Now, how do you do that? You pray without ceasing. What does that mean? We communicate with God, your hurts, your sorrows, your worries, your fear, your anxiety, your stress, right? And you give thanks that God hears you and that God is connected to you. Um, not that this horrible, terrible thing is happening to your person. Right? And, and sometimes... It doesn't go, I mean, sometimes life doesn't go the way we expect. One of the things that I think is powerful about the story of the Lord of the Rings is if you've, if you've read The Hobbit, don't watch the movie. <laughs> if, you've, if you've read The Hobbit, then you know that, you know, the story of Bilbo Baggins is kind of lighthearted. And yeah, there's danger and there are threats, but it's kind of, oh, it's fun and funny and there are songs and, oh, he finds a ring and... It all ends up well. And for Frodo... <laughs> he goes to Moria, where all the dwarves that were in the, ho- the, the, the Hobbit, Hobbit are, are dead! dead. <laughs> and well, badly! <laughs> and badly dead. And, and it's not just that. I mean, you know, like, on the way, he gets stabbed. And yeah. it's a wound that never truly heals. I mean, the, it's a bad, it scabs over, but, like, it's, it's a always... Bad stab. It's a bad... It's a, it's a bad... It's a bad stab. It's a bad stab. <laughs> stab bad. Bad stab. Bad stab. And so, you know, one of the, the, the quotes as we were talking about part one, I think we, mm. we, we kind of broke this up and they're like, they're kind of stages for us. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're kind of ending a bit on, on a downer today, but I think it's an important downer because mm-hmm. this kind of ends with us looking and saying... Even when we're not, even when it's not okay, it, it, you know, sometimes it's not going to be okay. Be, be in the moment of that. And so Frodo and and the 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 nine companions, who are who are joining him on this quest to go and destroy this horrible, evil, powerful thing that has suddenly kind of become even more awakened and more woke and more powerful. They come. They go to 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 this underground cave called Moria. And all the dwarves are dead. Uh-huh. It's infested with goblins and orcs. And a Balrog. And a Balrog demon. <laughs> and they're lost in the dark. And as they're lost, they're sitting and they're trying to figure out which way to go. And Gandalf is trying to give Frodo words of encouragement. And it's, if, to me, it's so similar to Paul and the church at Thessaloniki. Because the, the church is like, you know, those people had to have been thinking, man, why did this have to happen to me? And listeners, I don't know if you're dealing with that this year, of why did I have to lose a friend or a loved one? Why, did, wh- why didn't everybody else just do what they were supposed to do to make things better? Why, why, why is every holiday season for me full of misery and not fun uh, also, the other end of that is why is everybody else around me miserable when I just want to have fun? Yeah. <laughs> and so as they're, they're, they're lost in these caves and they're sitting and they're just mm. sitting. 
and Gandalf and Frodo are talking. And Frodo sits down next to Gandalf, and he, they're talking about what's going on in this time. And Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And I feel like that's one of the most profound moments for the character of Frodo. And one of the most profound moments for me as a reader and a watcher is it kind of hits me right between the eyes and right in the heart of there are so many times in my life I'm like, man, why does it have to be the holidays right now? I don't, I don't feel good. This bad thing just happened. Why does, it, why does it have to be the holidays right now? Why do, why do I have to hear Mariah Carey <laughs> and Santa Baby? <laughs> Which is an incredibly problematic song. So is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Uh, Man, you know the one I hate the most? We'll, we'll get into this in December. George Michael's Last Christmas <laughs> is my all-time least favorite Christmas song ever. <laughs> So I, I want to share a story real quick as we're wrapping up. So uh, I used to teach a chapel class uh, at a school, a private school, full of uh, very wealthy kids. Wealthy parents, wealthy kids. Right? I was very close to saying a private school full of privateers. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, and so one day, and... Uh, and those of you who know me, uh, I toe the line a lot um, because I think that young people, and there's a way to safely do this, right? And safe is an important word here. Uh, you don't overload people with information, but it's important to give people information. And young people need to be aware of things or, or made aware of things in a way where you also walk this out with them. You don't just like rip them open and go, hey, deal with this. Mm, so I'm 35. Uh, I taught this to these students when I was probably like, I don't know, it was like 34 like a year ago, two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, so anyway, so what I had the students do, this was pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, we were having essentially this type of conversation around the world and how it was and how they were dealing with the stress and the fear and this anxiety of trying to make a difference and what they could do, right? Um, so I, had, I, I drew a timeline I, and I asked the students and I said, uh, I said, students, what do you think is the average life expectancy of an American male and an American female? Adam, what do you think it is? Without looking on your computer, tell me what you think it is. I think that it's 74 to 75 for a male and 77 or above for a female. Very close. So it's 76.1 for men and it's 81.1 for women. Wow. By the way, it was 72 for men when I was a kid. Yeah, it's getting better. Uh, we'll see what it looks like now. Um, so, uh, so essentially, I, I drew a timeline on, on the board, this giant timeline. It started at zero, and then I did a blue, like a big blue line for, for the men, and, and then a red line for the women. Um, and then I had the students come up and put a dot on the timeline with their age and their name. And then I did mine. They were like, wow. And I said, everything uh, before this. 
uh, dinosaurs were around uh, <laughs> 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 and they laughed and we chuckled. And I, and so I, I took them through this really important thing, which was, so at your age, you're probably thinking you have your whole life ahead of you, right? You're, you're excited. You're invincible. Like you're not worried about these other things. Right. And I was like, absolutely. And so I took, uh, one of the, one of the students I had was like 14 and I said, so dude, you're like, you're like a sixth of the way through or like a fifth. He went, what? It's like, well, if these numbers are accurate, you're almost, you're almost a fifth of the way through. And, and that, when, when I said that to the student, everybody in the room, like it just, this realization hit them of like, not to pan, like, and they started to panic, but it was like this realization of like, oh, there's a finite amount of time I have. Mm. And I said, that's the emotion I need from you right now. And so I calmed them down. I said, don't freak out. Like nobody, like, like you're not at the end line yet. Like, I always tell my wife, I'm like, I'm halfway there. And she's like, stop saying that. <laughs> um, but I said, students, like, look at this. Do you have any questions for me? And so a bunch of hands shot up. And they're like, Pastor Kelly, how do you feel about how long, what you've done and what you've accomplished since you've been alive? And I said, I love my life. I said, now, if you asked me 10 years ago or when I was your age, I would, have had a, I would have a much negative answer, much more negative answer, which would have been like, I feel like I've wasted time. I feel like I'm, I'm not accomplishing anything. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. And I said, so um, how do y'all feel? And some of them were really positive. They were like, yeah, I, I feel like I feel real good. And some of them were like, you know, I, I feel like I'm just kind of lost and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And um, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. And what was beautiful and wonderful about this moment with these students was I got to walk through with them for the next couple months, right, about how do we process that information? What is God asking us to do in the midst of that? What does having agency as a Christian mean, right? What, is, what, is it, what does success look like to God, right? And success to God and success in the world are very different things, right? And so essentially, I want to tie this back to Frodo. And, and Sam, too. But, but we're talking more about Frodo today. And what I love about the Gandalf quote is in the midst of darkness and struggle and a commitment Frodo made. We'll, we'll flesh that out a little bit more next week. Gandalf reminds Frodo of his agency. Frodo is challenged, and not in a mean way. Gandalf doesn't slap him around he validates Frodo's emotional state, which is like, yeah, man, it's not fair. This sucks. <laughs> this ain't cool. That's my Gandalf, Gandalf uh, Onyx. It's me translating for Gandalf. I could be the Gandalf translator. Yo, fool, like this sucks. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Gandalf has pulled Frodo aside and they're having a conversation and, and Gandalf understands the burden that Frodo's carrying more than most. And he, and he just encourages Frodo and goes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Your assessment of how this is going and what, what has happened here is not fair and it's not okay. But you've been invited into the solution. And you, you, can, you can actively have a positive effect on the outcome. Do you want in? It's up to you. My encouragement about the holiday season and stress, and we'll talk more about this next week, 
um, is not that you would pretend like you're okay and pretend that everything's fine um, or pretend like things are wrong if they're not. Also, that's also fair. Yeah. Um, but I want you to really be challenged by the words that are written to, to that church in um, you have agency. Even in the midst of really awful circumstance, um, you have agency to relinquish control of your emotional state to your God. Um, and that God is trying to help you and God is walking with you um, and that maybe your assessment or understanding of those things maybe isn't the best. Um, and also, at some point, you're going to be Gandalf to a Frodo. And I would also say, I would encourage you also to look for the Gandalfs if you feel like Frodo. Um, you know, one of the things that I think Kelly and I have both tried to communicate through this is it's okay to own that it's not okay. Yeah, Gandalf is not the marker. Being Gandalf is not an achievement you get to and you stay a Gandalf. Yeah. Sometimes, I would even argue, there's days where like, in a moment, in a day, I'm a Gandalf to somebody and in, in 30 minutes later, I'm a Frodo to a Gandalf. Like, it's, it's this fluid thing, but what I'm getting at is... And also, he's a Pippin sometimes. <laughs> you, sh- you fool of a duck. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm getting at, in all seriousness, is just like these students, right? Um, the reality and the truth is uh, there isn't an infinite amount of time. And so there is a little gentle nudge here on this and, and our discussion here of, uh, you know, um, all we have to decide is what to do with the time we're given. Well, what is God trying to get you to do? What is God trying to do for you and in you? Um, and how do you live into that? Right on? Amen. We've got some weird Lord of the Rings quote to, oh, to close us I out. I do, actually. <laughs> this is the cross culture. This is Kelly. This is Adam. And remember, fly, you fools. Fly, you fools.